previously on the Sick Invite Podcast. The Nye. Listening to the Sick Invite Podcast with Kayla Herb and Ricky Grimes. Hello, my name is Kayla Herb. And I'm Ricky Grimes. And this is the Sick Invite Podcast, a storytelling show about all ailments. Big or small, chronic or temporary, the Sick Invite provides an inclusive space for you to share your story. What is wrong with you? Uh, nothing. Uh, I'm doing o- I'm doing okay. Though I will say I was riding my um, you know, you got me a, that one of those cruising skateboards, like the little ones to mm-hmm. ride around uh, for the holidays. And normally, I, you know how I always have a problem when you're riding, you're driving and the people on their bikes or stuff are like right in the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, because I'm trying to ride the skateboard more instead of like driving places or stuff, I've like now become those people. And like now I'm mad at the drivers for like being right behind me, <laughs> like when I'm riding. So I try to stay like on the right side or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pretty confusing. So I've been, it's been, I don't know, it's like seeing how the other pe- side lives, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit interesting. What about you? Uh, I, I'm feeling good. It's going to be 12 degrees tomorrow, so my bones are already feeling it. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I'm good. Uh, well, when you move to the uh, upper uh, Arctic like we do, <laughs> it's going to be like that. Or just when you live in New York, because it was, what, 50 degrees today? Something like that? Yeah, good old climate change. <laughs> this show is brought to you by KaylaHerb.com, where knit blankets, custom quilts, and other homemade items are available for purchase and custom order. Do you like our show? Please tell everyone about it. Follow us, like us, share our content at the sake of my podcast. And we also have merchandise available, hoodies, mugs, stickers, and buttons. If you like the work that the Sick Invite podcast is doing, consider supporting us financially. We graciously accept, you put it at exclamation point, so I said financially. <laughs> we graciously accept donations of any amount. Your donation will help cover the cost of equipment, advertising, research access, and time spent preparing for each interview. For $3 a month uh, or more, Patreon members receive a monthly gift, early access to all episodes, and bonus content. If you want to make a one-time donation or to get to our Patreon, go to our website, thesickinvitepodcast.com. Please send us your story through our website. There's a form to fill out at the bottom of the page, and we will contact you with further instructions on how to come on our show. On today's show, we have Will Papura. Warning, this podcast will contain conversation regarding uh, sexual organs, circumcision, um, and other uh, surgical things. So, Will, what's wrong with you? Okay, well, I had uh, a thing called phimosis, which is when your foreskin is too tight and you can't pull it back. And I had an adult circumcision at the age of 22 to resolve this. Now, is that a common thing that happens? So, phimosis is common in babies it happens to most young boys and is resolved at age seven um and just sort of goes away on its own but in some cases it keeps going until maybe you're 17 and in some cases it just never goes away and then you have to you know resolve it on you that's about one to three percent i think of men uh that have it into adulthood um and usually it's because of um hygiene and stuff like that on on proper care 
or sometimes it just happens. Hmm. So I'm going to have a lot of questions for you because I don't have a penis. Um, <laughs> and, and I, circumcisions are something I really don't know. A well, lot I will about. say, I will say, cause this is interesting for our show because we've had, you know, our, you know, I look at the demographic numbers of our podcast and also of our guests, and we've had a lot of people with, with, uh, vaginas on the show or people that have vaginas listen to the show, at least from my understanding of the demographics. Mm -hmm. um, so it's interesting to have, and normally I don't know what the heck people are talking about with any of the organs, <laughs> for the most part, sexual organs. But now we're talking about a sexual organ, which I actually have, which is putting me, we're pivoting the roles quite a bit here in terms of the hosting, where normally I'm at a, a little bit of a disadvantage uh, in terms of context. But now Kayla is at uh, a little bit of a of a disadvantage, so uh, this this feels good for it's a good it's a good for me, Will. I, I'm enjoying the the. I'm an outsider the, today. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess if you could, I mean, I, so where is your question about more of just the actual? Uh, well, I was gonna ask because I don't really understand why babies get circumcised. So I guess is that it's just to prevent because I've heard like, I mean, culturally I understand that, and then the reason that everybody does it or not everybody I shouldn't say because you weren't as baby, but a lot of people do is like a hygiene is that thing. actually but in terms of the numbers of people that are circumcised do we do we have any idea what that number is is it most i don't know you know what let me google it well anything Continue. you've delved into do you, do you have an idea just in your i mean i don't experience? have the, i don't have the number on that but i know that i th i i'm pretty sure that a majority um are circumcised yeah I think that's most people and when I we say certain circumcision would be a removal of the foreskin or is it just, it's like a oh what does that actually mean so it, it's a it's a it's a so what i guess it would be what you ended up getting was a circumcision mm -hmm. i'm guessing is is a similar procedure is what's the difference i suppose with the adult version versus what it would be when you are i don't know an, uh, an infant or a baby well, I mean, recovery is a big thing. I mean, like a, a baby can recover in 24 to 48 hours right. to, from a circumcision. There's not as much blood. There's all that stuff. And when you're an adult, it's a whole procedure. They put you under gas and you have about a three-month recovery time where you wow. have, I had, I had dissolvable stitches and a bandage and I had to, you know, not be aroused for three months. Oh my goodness! But like, how do you uh, control that? Did you like have to take medicine so that you wouldn't be? Oh my god! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had one instance when I was recovering from oh, it. Oh ice! Where, I didn't know. Oh ice! Yeah. Oh my! I god. would. Uh, I w like I wasn't wearing underwear for like the first couple of days, mm. and then I was like, okay, let me put on some underwear, and I woke up with an erection, and I was screaming from pain oh. i wow. was i was in so much pain i rushed to get ice i and uh i just kept so i wear loose fitting clothing from that point forward throughout the recovery time and just kept ice packets nearby me just to, in case there was any sort of chance of swelling and then yeah. to put put that down wow mm. Well, I guess let's kind of, well, I guess we'll go back a little bit here because I, I know we jump right into, the, which I guess is kind of the, um, the. Well, I got some percentages. The, now. Critical, the critical. Oh, you do. The the World Health Organization the estimates. News, the, <laughs> the research team has entered. That overall male circumcision rate in the states is somewhere between 76 and 92%. The United States. It says the okay. states. 
Uh, and then it says most Western European countries, by contrast, have rates less than 20%. Interesting. So we're oh, big on it okay. here in, yeah. in the States. Well, you know what's interesting is that it's 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 so interesting how, as a person who has one, or had, had one, I suppose, how much I almost didn't even know that that was a thing until I was, I, I can't even tell you how old I was, where I was like, this is not like essentially a cosmetic surgery, not a cos, I guess not a cosmetic surgery, an elective surgery. Mm -hmm. Uh, like I was very, very old. Like, <laughs> like, like you know what I mean? And which is an insane thing to think about, right? Yeah. Because I was kind of like, you know. I didn't know either. I went to um art school, so my first year I saw a lot of nude models, and I remember the first uncircumcised penis I saw. I was like, that looks different, and <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know. Right. Um. But then, you know, one of the girls had made a comment about it in the class or something. And then, like, I was like, oh, I didn't know that that's what that was. Yeah. Maybe heard the phrase, maybe heard the word. I know there's a Seinfeld episode on it, things yeah. like that. But, like, never really actually put the, the two. The I think two I thought together. that it was more of like a celebration of, like, oh, you've had a boy and he's been I, circumcised. I guess I, guess I thought I, it was like a baptism. I guess I almost <laughs> thought it was when I was younger. I guess I almost thought it was like same thing as like an umbilical cord type thing. Mm -hmm. Like mm. that's almost what I kind of thought it was until getting to the specifics. How, when like that story you just told that your mother had told you was that something that you had always known? Just like a, it was a story that was told, or or when you got to this point and you started discussing that that part of the body where these kind of that conversation came up. Yeah, it wasn't even on my radar until like I was, you know, well, you know, 18, 19, 20, when I realized this was an issue. I didn't even think about why, you know, I, I didn't even think about if I was or wasn't because mm -hmm. I had nothing really to compare it to growing up. So mm -hmm. it just was what it was. Although I did, I, like I saw that Seinfeld episode, you know, like mm -hmm. I remember that, but um, it didn't really occur to me until... I had sex for the first time, but there was something different about me. Right. So that was like 18. And so there was no issue. Was there any issue that you felt in terms of uh, pain or any sort of thing that you thought should be like, you, you felt that earlier as a child and you just kind of thought it was whatever. I knew. it. W yeah. But I didn't think about it because yeah. it was manageable pain that um, like I would, pull the skin back and i would feel like oh that hurts but i just thought that was natural right and I mean, yeah i'd say the first time i felt like this is really hard is when i tried on a condom just to experiment with it and mm. i was by myself and i just put it on and i was like this is killing me this is like really painful but i just thought that was um a condom <laughs> i thought sure no yeah like, i thought yeah i thought like oh these are painful these are painful to put on like i just i i also there's a lot of um you know with this uh going through this um a lot of sexual repression so i didn't discuss this stuff with anybody i didn't right. compare notes with anybody i didn't say like if you experience this i experienced this i didn't do any reading i just kind of kept all this stuff to myself buried it so um, I didn't really, uh, that's why it just took so long to really figure out something was different. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And you know that that's not ever, 
I mean, I know your case is very particular in terms of what you were experiencing in terms of the discomfort, but even when it came to like discussing like sex generally in like health class or something like that, I don't recall there ever even being a discussion of with this verse. Not that I guess there needed to be because of the differences, but I suppose kind of like what you're saying, if you were uh, a person with a vagina dealing with a person who has a penis, like noticing that there would be a, uh, I don't know, a significant difference in, in what you're looking at to know if there's something like that may have been helpful to like kind of have that conversation. I mean, I think that just in general, they should have taught us a little bit more about our own health. Like same thing in, in women's health or like, like what is normal feeling and what is a wrong feeling? They really only go into like STDs. Yeah. So like, how would you know? And like, I, I'm not sure exactly what kind of symptoms you have, but it sounds like it was like an inflammatory kind of thing. Um, so how would you even know? And it's not like you, it would be something that you'd only learn in medical school. Like these are things that you should be learning about routinely, like checking your breasts and getting a prostate exam and things yeah. like part it, of it almost just life like, <laughs> it, it skills. Almost, it almost sounds like, and maybe will you, you disagree, but it sounds almost like when they tell uh, people with vaginas where they go like, you know, when you have sex the first time, it's going to hurt. Yeah, and that's not true. And then they, but and then you go or like, shouldn't be true. But then you, you've heard people say that where they go like, well, how, well, how bad is it supposed to hurt? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So like, is this normal? Is this not normal? So I know what the condom thing too. I remember even thinking that too, or maybe even the first time that I tried a condom, being like, maybe it was just like too small or too too whatever, or I was, you know, and you just go like, oh, I guess this is, yeah, I guess this is just what it's supposed to be like, for the sake of of that. So that's so so. And when you try, when did you get to the point where you had like, all right, we need to start really, you know. I need to get this looked at. Well, um, you know, I had sex for the first time and, it, you know, I don't even think it was sex. I could even say, cause I just like, I couldn't do it. Right. And I just like was in so much pain and I said, we got to stop. And I thought there was going to be blood all over me cause it just hurt that much. It felt like the foreskin was like stapled to the head of my penis and someone was tugging it down. And it just felt like skin was being ripped off. Um, so I didn't, and I didn't even, I didn't know how to talk about it. I was so, yeah, and yeah. I, also I was like in, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on where I was just like insanely depressed. So I was so emotionally closed off. I could not say what was wrong to myself or to anybody else. So w I didn't even talk about it with my partner. Um, and she only mentioned at one point that I was the first person she was with who was uncircumcised. And that was the first time I ever heard that word. Right. Wow. Like, so I was like, uh, like, and I didn't, uh, even think to say anything about it. Right. right um, right. and I just really sat on it. I didn't, I avoided relationships. I avoided people. I really just kind of retreated from it i didn't see a doctor and um i didn't even know how to even say it to myself like what if you know something's wrong with me mm -hmm. um and it wasn't until i was feeling some external pressure of like i don't know like just from you know uh life <laughs> and just like you know uh uh i should get this checked out i should get this yeah. seen and um and it you know within a couple of minutes of tugging or whatever you know like the urologist said to me yeah you can't 
you can't have sex you can't you know this is not good <laughs> yeah and yeah. and he said and i said is there any other thing we could do and um he said there a, is a cream so he's wait, i'm sorry so just yeah. so you went to the urologist and did you did you basically told him what the deal was and then he basically said all right we got to do a surgery is that basically what he said and then you said is there anything else from there yeah he said he took a look at it. He says, like, yeah, this is, um, I, I think I, I even looked up Phimosis later on. I okay. don't think he even said it. But he said, yeah, you can't pull the foreskin back. So, and I said, well, what do you do? And he's like, well, there is a cream to do it, but that's probably not going to help. That's not going to really be help the problem. Right. And, um, and he said, you'll have to get circumcised. So I thought in the moment that we could do it I'm like, all right, let's do it. Like, sure, like, do yeah, it right now. yeah, like babies a, do, it do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. I'll bite down on a pen. You <laughs> get out the clipper, you know, and let, let's do it. Uh, yeah. Um, and he said, no, no, no. You gotta. It's a whole thing. You gotta be put under gas. You gotta be put under anesthesia. I'm I'm learning now that sometimes they use local anesthesia, so they just numb it, and they're able to do it while the person's awake. But um, that's not what he told me. He told me you, you had to be put under and just you're gonna have stitches and all this stuff and uh i just broke down (laughs) i was so disturbed by this and i was like now i'm like 19 and i didn't want to do it and i retreated again and i just said i'm not gonna go through that that's a that's a very scary thing absolutely Um, i never had a surgery in my life and then like the idea of like um, what he was talking about was just very disturbing to me. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I didn't do it for like three years. And Were there I a lot of thought, risks with it? There's no risks except for rare risks. And that's, you know, disturbing to hear. So, I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. so there are, it's a very, very routine surgery. It's like the top one in the top 10 most common surgeries. Oh, interesting. Um, but I will you know, tell you, I mean, yeah. I know I know you mentioned any sort of, you know, anything that could go wrong, but he mentioned when you mentioned stitches and you're talking no, about yeah, no, it sounds traumatic as is. Yeah, I mean I yeah. I mean if it, I, I will I agree with what he's saying is that in the best case scenario, I mean it, it we're talking about the sensitive of most sensitive situation. Like I guess there's just like some body I have this a lot with like dental surgery and stuff like that. Like I very like conscious about like my mouth like that stuff freaks me out but like you could cut my arm off you could take my hand off cut my leg off doesn't bother me it's like those types of body parts you don't really worry about and then it gets to like my mouth and then obviously what you're talking about these Mm -hmm. areas where you're just like i don't even want you to look at it i don't want you like it just comes like it just chills you to the core to like have any sort of like anything like that especially what you're talking about so i can i can totally understand how you're feeling about that That, absolutely well it's all i'm a very fearful scared person too and just like yeah. the idea of like going under way you know being put oh, under yeah. gas not knowing if you're going to wake up that whole process of like i've never gone through anything like that before in my life and um so all that stuff combined you know i thought it was going to be like you know a shot or something yeah. like that and when yeah. when i saw how how much it was and like and he said you have to be put under gas because there's going to be so much blood and all this oh, stuff my that's when it was like very scary to me and i thought 
during that period of like 19 to 22, I was like, well, maybe this will be my life. I'll just be a hermit and I'll like, you know, I'll just avoid life and maybe I'll just live like this because, right. um, you right. know, I was just uh, the whole process was just too frightening for me. It takes right. me a while to like I'm, uh, you know, it takes me a while to build the courage to do stuff. So it took me, I mean, like, um, so from 19 to 22, I just sat on it. Right. I mean, but I, I think that's got to be that thought process is much, it's got to be common, right? Because, you know, people, I've heard of people it, with something far less invasive than what you're talking about. But like, even with like dental surgery, like I think, you know, my father for a long time, like he had like a bad tooth and he was just like, I guess I don't, I guess I don't have hard food anymore like i'll just eat on the right side of my mouth like people i don't want to go to the dentist so you just like i guess this is my life now i guess i just don't i can't yeah. chew i guess i can't you know what i mean i guess i'm a righty like you know what i mean like people like if you have a bad shoulder you're like i guess i'll only use my right arm like people do yeah. make those choices for out of you know a, I mean, an understandable a, concern about what yeah you know what could you know and there is a a valid point to that of like radical acceptance and going okay this is my life and this is how i'm gonna live it um, like I've had, we interviewed one person and then I, there's another, um, person that I follow who's an activist and she has a whole bunch of issues with her, um, sex organs where she just cannot have penetrative, penetrative sex. Like it is just out of the question for her. So she has to like, you know, adjust her whole life because that's all society views sex as is penetration between a person with a vagina and a person with a penis and that's a very narrow view of looking at sex and looking at relationships too so I know you had talked about your partner but did this prevent you from even wanting just like a romantic relationship did it prevent you from pursuing that because of well you know the fear of pain of course but also just the way that society portrays men as sex machines I guess (laughs) For sure. I mean, I think like at, like now I can analyze what was going on with me at the time. I, you know, the brain was working in a way that I couldn't even, you know, like, I, I don't know how, what I was doing, you know, like, mm-hmm. but I was certainly avoiding. I wasn't consciously avoiding, but I was certainly avoiding any kind of close relationship with anyone. And, um, so that was like a period of time where I just like was very avoidant, very miserable, like visibly depressed. I wasn't good with hygiene. I let my beard grow out. I mean, beards are fine, but I wasn't maintaining my beard. Sure, <laughs> sure. You know, but I yeah. was like, I made myself, I think, more unappealing unconsciously to avoid any kind of relationship. And like you said, yeah, sex is you know, uh, it, it doesn't have to be defined by penetrative sex. But at the time, as a young man, you think that's all there is. You think mm-hmm. that, like, that's the only way you're going to be able to be loved yeah. is if you're able to do it. Right. And uh, that's the only way you're going to have a romantic relationship in your life or be, right. you know, cared for or, you know, uh, uh, find a partner in life. So uh, that was like a disturbing thing to think about was that i'm just not gonna have that in my life i'm not gonna have um you know i'm not gonna have love because i'm unable to do this thing that seems to be 
the only thing that matters. It, it, that's right. what it seemed like at the time. And yeah, right. we do have like, uh, you know, um, you see it in movies, you see it in all this stuff. I mean, when it, like if a, a couple meets and they're really um, in a movie, that's what it leads to. It leads to sex. So, I mean, like if you're unable to take part in that, it's like, what are you? You can't be, um, you know, uh, right. desired. Right. Mm-hmm. No. And so how, um, how far with that um, thought process did you go down in terms of like, did you look in to see if there were people that, you know, had similar circumstances that were living in such a way? How far did you go in terms of uh, putting off the surgery or debating not getting the surgery? Did you get into anything like that or it was more of just a isolation type thing? I, I didn't talk to anybody about it. I didn't, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't, I also the internet wasn't like um, what it is now where I just feel like anything that sure, any kind sure. of mental health issue or something, I can Google it and I'll find some great articles or I'll yeah. go on YouTube or something. And uh, maybe there was that at the time, like what, 2006, seven, eight, but uh, I wasn't thinking of the internet in that way in terms of like using it as a great resource to find what's wrong with me or how to work my way around it or what you know what it what it means in the long run so i just uh became um so i just became isolated i couldn't um it took me you know like right up until you know i think i was i took a break from college i was going back to college and i was like you know if there is a time to do it it should be now because i have these three months before school starts um i don't have to get a job right now because i have money saved up to go back to school if there's a time to do it it should be now so i finally got up the courage to tell somebody trusted like this is what's going on what do you think i should do and um I forgot what they said, but it just helped to get it out and mm-hmm. say it. And that gave me the courage to go back to the urologist and talk to him about it. And him giving me a lot of reassurance that this was like a very common thing. and You know, it, it would be beneficial in the long run. And um, so, and I got it done. And, you know, even now looking back on it, I can't believe I did do it it's it was still a very frightening thing it was terrifying right up until the moment then when they woke me up um uh i know that you know doctors are busy but uh you know like i i remember him saying like i'm gonna be right there when you wake up helping (laughs) you with it don't worry i'm gonna be right there next to you and i they woke me up and he just like here it is. He lifted up the blanket. He's like, here it is. And I saw the bandage and the blood and all this stuff. And I went, Oh my God. Like, was, Oh my God. And then he's like, I gotta go. I'll see you later. Oh just my left. word. And and then they also said, well, don't worry. We're going to get you a wheelchair to get out of here. And they're like, uh, we can't get that wheelchair. You're going to have to. So I was like hobbling out. Oh my <laughs> and word. And I was like, I was like, all right. I mean, I guess, you know, they don't want to waste a wheelchair on me, but, you know, I was kind of looking forward to it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It was like one little uh, pick me up from the whole experience of like, yeah, get 
get the wheel down. And it, I felt it and I thought, you know, the first few days were really scary. The stitches were super visible. It didn't look like it would ever be normal or, um, and I still have a scar there. I mean, does it, it doesn't look a hundred percent like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I think I don't like it as a person now reflecting. I don't use the word normal mm-hmm. as, mm-hmm. Uh, as in, but at the time, that was a very important word to me, the word yeah. normal. And the idea that I would never be normal. And, you know, just, um, so, I mean, that was a big part of it. And, and, uh, then it just sort of, I, I feel like I just went on a tangent on the, the whole surgery story, but no, no, that's, that's important yeah. and okay. traumatic. Yeah, so we're <laughs> yeah. glad you're able to talk. We're we're happy you're able to talk about it at all, like you know at all. It's something so traumatic. So thank you for sharing it in such a way. I do have a quick question though, even prior to the surgery, and we talk about this a lot um, about the general healthcare system that we have, uh, you know, for good and for bad, but mostly for bad. Um, in terms of the like literally paying for the surgery or getting the surgery, in terms of how i don't know if you had insurance at the time or how that worked but was this would this have been something that would have been considered to be uh like uh, still elective or at this point it was it was necessary in terms of and maybe you don't even recall this because i know this is a minor detail in, in your feelings about this whole thing but this is mostly for people when we talk to different people about different things that they are choosing to get versus things that they need to get and how the how the health system describes those two things are very different than how a person in their position would describe those things so do you have any remembrance of, of how that worked out i i actually don't um that's a really good question though because i i don't remember how it worked out at the time but um but it isn't it is not a necessary surgery it is, you know, technically it's not, um, I didn't, it wasn't something I needed to live with, you know, I didn't need, I, I could live my life the way, you know, without having it done. Right. So it was elective, um, you know, but, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's a good question that I don't really, I don't remember how it went down. Yeah, but, It sounds um, like insurance probably would have covered it because it sounds like the way you're describing it, especially just um, the, like the tearing feeling you were feeling, like it seems like something would have eventually happened. You would have gotten hurt eventually. So I suppose it could be like a preventative measure um, for future costs. I guess if people do want to um, do it, but I mean, there were probably other options if it was something you really, really, really didn't want. Like you said, there was a cream. Um, I wonder if there were other options, too, that he just hadn't discussed with you. Or even just since then, you know, a decent amount of time has passed since then. But it's insurance is so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But it I mean, I, we've heard that kind of story time and time again on the show, especially with me, too. Of Like it sometimes just comes down to the right diagnosis code for insurance to cover you. And that could be a huge array of things. But that wasn't really an issue for you, it seemed like. You were able to kind of just get it, and there wasn't really too much financial consequences behind that? I, I forgot how it worked out, but I mean, like, that was... I might have been... I'm trying to remember what was going on with me at the time, but I don't... It wasn't... 
Well, the fact that you, the yeah. fact that you can't remember it, I think, is a, would err on the side of positive in yeah. terms of that situation. I would I think mu- because I must have been I must have been loaded at the time. I must have yeah. been so rich. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, but that's good to hear because it would be a, it would be another whole quandary to your you know weighing of of the checks of of the pros and the cons and vice versa if there was going to be a substantial debt that was that was tacked on top of it and that could have left you in another and and, and I'm sure we're going to get to this how you feel that maybe your lifestyle and your and your and your well-being has changed since you've chosen to do this and so if if you had to weigh the balance of that versus whatever the cost was that could have been a different story so it's 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 good that that what didn't have any sort of real or at least, or at least in your, in your reflection, reflection doesn't have that type of weight in your decision-making process. And you really were just kind of looking at, you know, h- how you ended up making that decision. And, and well, I guess we'll get to that part in a minute uh, per, uh, in terms of how you felt that was in terms of your, uh, you know, were you correct in making that decision? Did you feel you regret it? But we'll get to that one moment because I know we do want to talk just a little bit about the, you know, the, the recovery process. So do you know what they actually, and we don't have to talk about this if this is, you know, too invasive, but do you know what they actually did like in terms of what they what they went in and did literally to you to in terms of fixing or quote unquote or to to make it so you didn't have that pain anymore that was the plan yeah so i mean there's there was a layer of skin inside the foreskin that was connected to the head that was preventing it from being pulled back that was making it so tight Mm -hmm. and he went in separated that he had to he had to cut that first cut the layer of skin underneath the layer of skin separate it from the head of my penis and then do a regular circumcision right so uh and that was why the cream wasn't gonna really do it because it wasn't just the fact that it was tight it was also skin underneath the skin preventing it from being pulled back so it was like your skin was like fused under a layer kind of that's a perfect way to phrase it. yeah okay that makes sense that sounds painful yeah, <laughs> <It's> painful. <laughs> yeah. but was there yeah. was there a, was there a thought that it would continue to i don't know if harden is the right word but like continue like would it get more like if you were yeah. to wait another 20 years it would get even harder I think it might have gotten worse, especially with the fact that I wasn't informed about it. Yeah. This is a gross part. I'll just preface preface this with saying this is gross. And if you choose to cut it out, but that's fine. All right. Uh, That someone mentioned to me that because I was talking just to, you know, I, I, I forgot this part about my youth. And someone mentioned like maybe that has something to do with it the reason why the phimosis continued past puberty, which it normally doesn't do. But for some reason, I got into this really disgusting habit that I thought was normal. And I thought was part of, this is how sexually repressed and uneducated I was. I would um, ejaculate Mm -hmm. and I would, hold my foreskin shut and it would yeah so i i wasn't no one like i didn't know how to clean it no one told me it has to be cleaned daily um which is a big part of having foreskin if you choose to not circumcise your baby it does have to 
be cleaned underneath every day. And I just thought this layer of skin was there <laughs> to catch urine and which I also did and, and, and semen. Right. right which right. is so sorry. I know that's gross, but, but I did, think that's what caused it. I, but I you're talking, yeah. You're talking and, about something that even yeah. I, as a person with a penis, doesn't even understand. Like, not that I don't understand. I understand what you're saying, but like something that yeah. I would have no concept of either. Like, it was something that was never told to me. And you could say it's because I didn't have that situation that could have occurred. But in reality, like you're saying, no one ever said it even to you. And so, and and when would you? You know. So I think it's understandable that you know, as a as a youth. You know, you don't know what the yeah. heck anything's going on. And you know, I'm thinking that too. Like, if I had to change a baby's diaper or something, like I don't think I would know to do that um, to properly yeah. clean. I mean, like, I. But you know what's bad? I know, like, because I have younger sisters, so I and they're quite a bit younger than me, so I change their diapers a ton. So I know all about how to prevent a yeast infection in a baby and how to keep a vagina clean. But I don't know anything about how to keep a boy's penis clean doesn't that, seem discussed that often but that's might just because i don't i there were never you know young boys around that i was babysitting or that, that young yeah um maybe if you had parenting classes it's brought up i don't know i don't I, know that I but even like in health class you would think they would teach you that because i don't remember if they like told like because i remember i don't remember who i even learned it from but like okay you after you have sex you have to pee or you're going to get a urinary tract infection i don't remember if we learned as that. as a person with a vagina as a person with a vagina yeah. i don't know if we learn i don't know if men have to do that too or people with penises but they told us that i don't remember where i learned that from was it in health class that they, they should have been teaching that too and i in school i'm, I'm getting my master's in disability studies and a lot of not that, to brag <laughs> almost done and a, a lot of my work there has been wanting to create programs that include disabled people in them so that their bodies are included in the narrative and that could be somebody that like you you don't have the ability to clean yourself so somebody else has to or like how do you even see yourself in these diagrams and it just makes me feel worse because how are disabled people going to be represented when uncircumcised people aren't even represented like a apparently not very big part of the population as we've just learned but you know pretty big part of the world and these are just children in the class that aren't being taught how to properly care about their bodies and their parents aren't being told either so it's just a big fat miscommunication right. but i know world. but i know you mentioned that that could have something to do with it could have nothing to do with it was that doesn't but it but it's all relative to the lack of conversation about that area i suppose yeah and that's something that i i often think back on is that there i know that there was some sexual education at school but i don't think it was in depth at all i don't think mm -hmm. it was all that good it was very avoidant i don't think the teacher wanted to do it i you know uh, it wasn't like it didn't seem like a safe space to talk about everything mm -hmm. uh i think um not just obviously not just for myself i think about like everybody would like all of us growing up at that time i have no idea what sex education is like now i imagine it's better by some degree but um it would have been so beneficial i mean it's such a part of our lives our bodies um and our identity and everything um 
it would we would have stand to benefit so much from a better um, sex education in our school. Mm-hmm. I don't think it, you know, like we, I, I, I think we had more woodworking at the time. <laughs> sure, <laughs> you know, and I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah. we don't need that in everyday life. But you know, uh, yeah, I, no one, I, I, you know, that's a small part of it. But you know, like, um, yeah, the idea of like. Or just the idea of being able to openly talk about what's going on with your body without yeah. it being um, a joke or um, something that's embarrassing because, right, 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 right. you know, destigmatizing everything. Yeah. Because I was, you know, all it, all it would take is like a question of like, why is it like this when it seems like most others are like this or something like that. Right. And then just being able to say that without being afraid of being made fun of, which was a big thing, you know, like I was mortified of that idea. Um, And uh, just to go back a little bit to your question of like, would it get worse? I still wasn't properly sex sex educated by 19 and still was doing this thing where I was closing off the foreskin and if I had continued that, uh, that could have led to some serious illness. Sure. Some infection. I think they even say like diabetes could be a risk or something or, you know. Oh, wow. Um, so it could it can even maybe close off. So it could have gotten worse over time if I chose not to do it and I was continuing not to treat my body well. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So, so once the you had had the procedure and, and you had kind of gotten through the recovery phase and, and, and you started to kind of rest, have some semblance of, I don't want to use the word normalcy, but in terms of your semblance of you were able to kind of function in a way that you weren't constantly thinking about, or maybe you never did. What were the changes that you noticed when you were kind of able to function again in terms of once the recovery was done? Did you notice anything immediate to your mental state or your physical state or anything like that? Well, it was definitely one less thing to be afraid about that I just like, I didn't want anyone to see me naked, you Mm -hmm. know, at all. Um, Now that was okay, but I still felt um, like I had missed out on these formative years of my Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. and everyone just seemed so advanced at that Mm -hmm. point that kind of kind of took me on another path of seclusion or uh you know avoidance because i was just embarrassed that this had happened yeah and now it felt like everybody had lived a life during that period of time and i was you know you know just dealing with all this stuff Right. So I don't, you know, I wouldn't say I had like, you know, a regular sex life until late twenties. Um, so it took like another, you know, I was 22, you know, maybe another five years of navigating that and like trying to figure out where I belonged mm-hmm. and, you know, how to be a little more, you know, okay with my body, like the inhabiting my own body, you know, which is like a whole, was a whole process for me. You know, like mm-hmm. being comfortable walking. Right. You know, and, yeah. and it just so, 
that's um so it was it, it did add like a level of comfort but uh there was still a lot more work to do and um internally mentally yeah 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 it sounds like this whole experience had a far more mental toll on you than it did physically mm-hmm. and even recovery wise um did you have any feelings of like fear that you know this pain would come back because physically that's very scary too and it takes an obvious toll on your mental health that the pain would come back mm-hmm. well um i you know uh I think the emotional mental pain is bigger than the physical pain, obviously, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I don't feel any, anything bad down there. I don't feel any discomfort that feels oh, that's, okay. That's good. That's good. Yeah. 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 So that's been good. Um, you know, emotionally, mentally, I feel like, um, just, I wish I knew more stuff back then. I wish I knew more about myself. I wish I was, you know, um, so there's that. I mean, like, and I think like there's other stuff in between. I'm bisexual. That's something that I've been coming to terms with like in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I was retreating from as well. So also mm-hmm. my sexual orientation or identity was like something that I couldn't describe was also very afraid of what it meant like i knew it but i didn't and was Mm -hmm. afraid to say so i feel like they're almost intertwined like what i was going through emotionally and just going retreating back to that idea of normal which i also struggle with a lot is that now i'm at a point in my life where it's like I can never be normal, quote unquote, because I'll always have these years and years of repression. Right. That, you know, and everybody deals with their own stuff. So everybody has their own journey. But from the outside looking in, you almost feel like it just feels like everybody has this trajectory. And I feel like I've been on this whole other trajectory of like that I'm just starting to figure out in the past couple of years and now i'm just starting to become my own person feeling more comfortable talking and you know and and moving and inhabiting myself so uh i'm glad i did it because i felt like that you know i got that done to like pave the way to where i'm at right now which is closer to myself than i've ever felt Mm -hmm. um but uh, and I've I have to practice letting go of, you know, that wasn't what was meant for me to live high school that way. <laughs> you know, like I wasn't yeah, yeah, I yeah. wasn't meant to be, a, you know, uh, that way in college. Right. And I wasn't meant to have that life in my 20s. And, you know, maybe I think other people had a lot more fun and were you know, got to be themselves and got to, you know, um, feel strong in their identity, but maybe they weren't, you know, like you, you don't know what other people are going through too. Right. And I bet, I don't think anybody could have guessed any of this was going on. With me. 
Right. I think like, especially in those years that I would like 18 to 22, I was very miserable and people just saw me as a very depressed person. Not, and, and I couldn't even say what was wrong. So, right. um, so yeah. <laughs> now it, it's, it sounds like you've come a long way I mean, yeah no, oh my god it's a yeah. fabulous answer no it's a it, fantastic well i wanted to say because i wanted to to mention this before we oh, what were you gonna say i'm sorry i was gonna ask if he goes to therapy oh well i, I was gonna ask a, a similar oh, yeah. uh, i was gonna yeah. ask the opposite question which is that the, the reason that one of the reasons that i mean maybe will would have found us in one way or the other because we're a very popular podcast but we don't normally <laughs> solicit people to be on the show but the reason i I asked Will if he was interested in, in telling his stories because I heard I, we were I saw him at an open mic. He's a comedian, very funny, and he was talking about this. And I don't even know if that's a bit that you do normally, if that was just a one-off that you had done. Because I haven't seen I haven't seen well I haven't seen anybody because of the you know pandemic. I haven't really been out as much as I'd like to. But is that a bit that I saw you when you were talking about uh, this uh, this basically what you told us in a more you know as a as a comedic bit. Is that something you do regularly? Is, is that in your regular act, or is that something that when I when I saw it, you were just like working on it? That is something I talk about pretty regularly. I've been trying yeah. to like make it into a bigger bit and like make it. I, and this is also with stand up. You know, I try to like bring up painful stuff more and more, like things I never thought I dreamed of talking about, like yeah. I was, things that I would be af- so afraid to discuss. And this is one of them talking about the surgery and, you know, being able to, it, it feel, it, it definitely feels, um, cathartic or whatever, if that's the right word, I mean, like to, to, you know, being afraid to say it to my best friends in private, but being able now to say it in front of a room of people and maybe, you know, not just with this, but with other things that I experience in life, you know, like maybe someone else will hear it, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, maybe but they'll hear it. I, know? and I and, think that's yeah. the, that, the, that's why it was so great. The, the bit that when I heard it, at least in the little open mic that we were at was in such a lot of times, which is what Kayla was going to ask if you go to therapy. And I think a lot of times, especially at open mics, I'll see comedians that are talking about something that's very personal or very specific to them. And they're doing it in a way in which, you know, that they really need assistance you know what i mean like they're they are not this is not something that they should be telling to the public but i was saying in the way that you've delivered the bit it seems like in much as like you've talked to us about it today you know in a way that has some real perspective and some real like you've definitely done some work into this part of of this thought about what what you've gone through and what you've experienced and you've presented it in a way that i, I don't think is uh, the bit doesn't minimize that your experiences it doesn't it doesn't you know throw this away as, as something to laugh at it's just talking about a unique perspective um in a way that has a real close look at how you were feeling and what you're feeling at those times which is kind of in the elongated form of what you've done for us today but that's why i just i was saying you were mentioning therapy and i feel like sometimes there's a big difference between the two but i would say you you've you've kind of hit it in a, in a healthy way it's from what i observed at least maybe you can say that i'm i'm wrong and you're just a really good <laughs> presenting it in a, in, a, in a way but that's how i felt when i saw it which is why i asked you to be on the show because it seemed like your perspective was so and it taught me something and i figured you know teaching people just saying those words and, and, and those things could like you said if, if one person hears it and says that's a similar experience i think that that's 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 fantastic that you're able to do that yeah, thank you i appreciate that i mean yeah i try to like you know 
say the 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 you know what actually happened and then maybe like you know have a punchline and or or something but like actually get the what i actually felt out yeah or what you know what i was going through at the time out and um you know being able to talk about that openly is like very powerful for me now because you know um and yes, I am in therapy. I love therapy <laughs> so much. It's my favorite thing. And yes, I was so, so avoidant to do therapy. I didn't want to do it. They, you know, there's all this horrible uh, stigma about therapy. Like, as you know, especially with anyone who's trying to get into the arts, there's all this stuff about like, oh, it's going to ruin your creativity. Yeah. It's yep, there, yep, none yep. of that's true it's it's uh, you know i'm so glad i and it got to a point where like my depression was so unmanageable and i was just having intense headaches and like i just like i couldn't take it anymore i finally admitted i needed therapy i went there and it was a long slow burn of like really making progress i'm so glad i did it but like after a, a year or some you know, things started to come out and, th you know, th and walls started to be broken down. And like, you know, uh, it really made a tremendous difference in, in my life. And I'll, I'll never, I don't think I'll ever stop going. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's, um, you know, uh, so, um, it, it, it just feels good to be able to like talk about, but also, I mean, like, I know this is like, but I feel like it's almost intertwined because like, if I felt like there was a safe space to talk about my genitals or what I felt was wrong or what I was doing wrong or whatever, that would have saved me years. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like the thing that I've like, I've been thinking about sexuality, like these past couple of years or so that was something I confided with my dad when I was like 11 or 12. I said, I'm having these feelings. I'm like, you know, I feel like I'm bisexual or something. And he, I mean, he had a horrible reaction. He was just like, uh, I, and I felt like the safety of that space was now threatened. Like I would lose my family or my dad, who was my best friend, if I was not normal. Right. That was like a very scary experience. And then, you know, seeing how that relationship gets transferred to everybody in your life. I'll yeah. lose my best friend. I'll lose it. You know, even though it may not be their character, but you, that's always like the underlying thing. And then, you know, so I feel like it was, it was a, a, you know, looking back on it now, it's like the physical matched the emotional. Like there was the external stuff going on, but there was also the internal stuff going on, which right. I also had to work through for years and years and years. And that took about like, five you know i started therapy in 2011 yeah so maybe like 10 years of that yeah yeah or maybe 2013 or something like that yeah identity yeah. has a big big factor in trauma from what i've learned and you know in school there's um eventually would like to have people on to talk about their experiences because when you have a chronic illness or something like your situation that's kind of embarrassing it's something that you have to disclose there's a sense of coming out to it and i don't like to say coming out i think that takes away from the lgbt experience but 
there is a big intertwining in identity with your physical and your mental health and also your gender and your sexuality. So I'm happy that you brought that up because I think a lot of people separate the two a lot and they're, it's still your life, it's your identity, it's your brain, it's your body, it's your spirit, it's all part of you. Um, and to look at them as if they're not intertwined it, I mean, it can't be. Well, and, and, and I would say as Will pointed out, I think also is that especially when you're dealing with a sex organ. Specifically, yeah. Yeah. Very specific. It seems impossible yeah. to not intertwine them some way, whether it be conscious or unconscious. It seems impossible to not have some sort of connection between the two in terms of how they affect you emotionally. That's mm-hmm. what I would say. Um, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm like, you know, I, I have been like learning a lot over the past couple of years about like, you know, a lot of disabilities are invisible. So I would mm-hmm. imagine that that's a, like a hard thing to discuss. So I think like coming out is almost like a very appropriate term if you're keeping something that isn't noticeable on the externally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just wanted to thank you. I know that this was probably at some point in your life something very embarrassing to talk about, but I'm really happy that you're able to discuss it so freely now because mm-hmm. there's definitely other people who are going to hear your story Maybe if they don't have famosis, they may have something similar that they're not ready to talk about with other people. And you've really laid out so many aspects of your experience that you probably would have wished you heard at the time. And now you can provide that for somebody else. Thanks. (laughs) It's really nice of you. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else about this experience that you wish other people knew about? Um. Well, uh, let's see. I mean, well, I think there's also this. Um, are we over time? Just, yeah, we're good. Oh, okay. There, <laughs> there's also like I've heard of like there is like a anti-circumcision, like activism kind of thing, and a lot of it. Um, a lot of people say like it, it's a barbaric practice. But I think that's like an incorrect term for it. It's like, it's actually very common. It's not cruel in nature. It has, a, you know, I think the health benefits are, you know, maybe uh, not extraordinary, but they're there. And, you know, I think like if you were, if you were making a decision as a parent, um, I don't know, I, I think you could go either way. I think honestly, you you know, like I don't think there's a, a right or wrong answer to it. But I think the biggest thing is just knowledge and education. Yeah. And you know, just like if you choose not to get your child circumcised, just make sure to know about how to maintain it, how to clean it, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So I think, and I, you know, so. Uh, there is like a lot of anti sir and I want to, so um, like one of the pre-questions where it's like, what do I think about circumcising babies? And I think it's up to the parents, but, um, you know, as long as it's, you know, is, you know, uh, as long as you're educated. Yeah. Yeah. Informed. That's yeah. a good way to put it. I've certainly yeah. think differently about it since talking to you. Because in my brain, I'm like, oh, that seems like a weird decision to make for somebody else. Um, But now, after hearing your experience and how difficult it was for you as an adult to have this surgery, 
um i'd have to look way more into it if i ever have a boy <laughs> it's just like what we were saying you got it it's all yeah. it's, it's all more information to I, consider yeah exactly yeah. I, need, I need more information but you've definitely provided a perspective that i'm really happy to hear not Thanks. happy that you had to go through it, but no, 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 no. <laughs> Clarify no. That. We would we would rather you have not been on the show and not have that experience. Than, than you, but since you had the experience, we're glad that you were able to share it with us. Yeah, trauma makes for great content, though. So thank you. Um, is there anything else uh, that you wanted to talk to us about today? That feels good. Thank you. Thanks for the sick invite. Yeah. <laughs>